Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the I May Be Wrong podcast, and I am your host, Ryan White. Thank y'all for tuning in. Hope everybody had a good weekend. The first thing I want to address today is the NCAA. I don't know if you've heard or not, but the Fair Pay to Play Act has been passed in the state of California. So starting in 2023, collegiate athletes will be allowed to be paid for schools using their likeness. Soon after California announced, South Carolina announced they also are trying to pass the bill. New York announced as well. Florida and Ohio both have announced as well. So everyone is starting to fall in line, everybody except for the NCAA. Think about how mad those guys are now. For the longest time, they've been able to use this model with all sports, basically having a a minor league that drives in billions of dollars in revenue for all of these huge schools and just benefiting off of these kids' names. I mean, think about it. Think about how popular Johnny Manziel was in college. Think about how many jerseys you saw, how many Texas A&M Manziel jerseys you saw. But it was just the number. It didn't have Manziel on the back. So Texas A&M made all of that money in those two years under Johnny Manziel. Made all of that money, and he didn't see a dime of it. Hindsight 2020, it's probably good that he didn't see a dime of it, but that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to use that as an example. And you can go on and on. I mean, look at Ohio State. Look back at the Terrell Pryor days when all those guys got suspended or kicked out of school for signing autographs. Signing their own autographs, but yet the school can sell their jersey in any shop or anywhere in the country, and those players don't see a money of that. But if they want to sign autographs, or in, in his case, uh, they were selling the Big Ten championship rings for some money, and Terrell Pryor actually took that money and gave it to his mom so she could use it to pay the rent on their house back home. It's not like these guys are just making money hand over fist. A lot of them don't come from great households. Think about Lamar Jackson. He's from Pompano Beach. I don't know if y'all know where Pompano Beach, Florida is, But that's the hood, you know. Some of the guys he grew up with probably didn't even see 16. And he went to Louisville and won the Heisman. Jersey being sold everywhere. His family can't see any of that money. He can't see any of that money. I just don't understand, you know, how some people can be against this, especially the NCAA. You've made billions. At this point, y'all should be fine. The greed, I mean, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Tim Tebow jerseys. Look at how much money the University of Florida made off of Tim Tebow. I could go on and on, school after school after school, naming these guys. None of them saw that money. But then you look at the schools and you see all these renovations, whether it's with the football stadium or a new basketball stadium or the new locker, multi-million dollar locker rooms. Just all types of stuff coming up, but these kids can't see a dime of that. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, they get a free education and some of them get a pretty good stipend per month. I understand that. But none of that compares to their jersey, them winning a Heisman Trophy and their jersey being sold and them seeing nothing from it. Literally nothing, not a dime from it. And then they can't even sign their own autograph. You see what I'm saying? How is that okay? Yet I can pay a coach $10 million a year and everybody's okay with it. Everybody's completely okay with paying the coach that much money because they should be grateful that they have a free education and they're going to this prestigious university and blah, 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 blah. I'm all for higher education, but unless you've been a collegiate athlete, then please don't say that. Unless you know the grind that comes with that, you're speaking from a point of view that, once again, I understand that point of view, but if you want to understand it all, you need to look at everyone's perspective. Look at the collegiate athlete schedule, for example. You're waking up at about 5 a.m., right? Straight to the locker room, you're getting dressed, you're going out to practice, coming in from practice, you go shower, you go get you some breakfast, 
After breakfast, you got to go straight to class. After class, you go to film. After film, you're going into practice. Some people have late classes. And even if you don't have late classes, you're still going back to your dorm and you're writing a 10-page paper, 20-page paper. You still have homework. You still have study hall. All these things. This is continuous. You have weights. All of these things for the college athlete. It's not like a normal student life where you wake up, you go to your classes, you do your homework, you do whatever you want with the rest of your time. No, these guys are on a schedule, a routine schedule for the entire, most of the time that they're there. They should be paid as such. I feel like they've more than earned that. And I'm not just talking football and basketball, I'm talking all sports. If you're able to make money off of their likeness, then they should be able to make money as well. Now the NCAA, you know, of course they're going to fight it for however long they can, saying, you know, we'll, we might as well suspend all California universities from NCAA play. Yeah, right. The NCAA is not going to do that. You're going to lose the revenue that USC and UCLA and Cal generate to you. And that's not even including Fresno State, San Diego State, San Jose State, Stanford, all those schools out there. Stop trying to fool us. <laughs> The bottom line is the most important thing to them. So the NCAA will act accordingly. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get their act together. They'll come along. Like I said, California, South Carolina, New York, Florida, and now Ohio. You know, when that big domino falls, everybody's going to fall in the line. When that big domino gets knocked down, it's going to be a wrap. The NCAA is really going to have to go ahead and suck it up and agree to these terms. And that big domino is Texas. If the state of Texas decides to do it, NCAA, you better figure it out. You better figure out a plan and you better do it soon. Because the main thing that all those guys are afraid of is this dipping into their pockets. Well, we can't pay these students. How are we going to do it? How, I don't know how you're going to do it, but if you can figure out a way to pay for multi-million dollar stadium renovations, you can figure out a way to pay these kids. I'm all for it. I'm all for the players getting paid. Josh Jacobs comes to mind, the running back from Alabama last year who just went in the first round to the Oakland Raiders. The guy was homeless in high school. Him and his dad were sleeping in their car. You mean to tell me when he, get, when he got to college, a little money wouldn't have helped him and his family out? I don't even think you could fix your mouth to even say it wouldn't help his family. Richard Sherman put it perfectly when he said, I hope it destroys the NCAA in general because I think it's corrupt and it's a bunch of people taking advantage of kids and doing it under a mask of fair play. I couldn't agree more. It's time to pay up, NCAA. For generations, these kids have earned it. And I'm happy to see this taking place. I'm excited about it. I want to see how it's going to affect everything. I want to see how it'll affect recruiting. I want to see how it'll affect the, the landscape for all major sports. And I'm excited about it. I want to see how it's going to affect everything. I want to see the NCAA finally make things a level playing field. You know, stop treating these kids like livestock. If you're going to make money off of them, they should be able to make money as well, especially when they're out there putting their bodies on the line. Time to pay up, NCAA, and I'm happy about it. But who knows? Maybe they'll finally bring back the NCAA football for all my gamer friends out there. I know y'all are looking forward to that. But sticking with college football, y'all know what weekend it is, right? Y'all know what weekend it is, right? It's Red River rivalry time. Texas versus OU at the Cotton Bowl. It's the best rivalry in college football to me. Yes, I'm biased and I don't care. I know the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Bama is a really good one, but I think I think the Red River rivalry is better. Ohio State versus Michigan really isn't a rivalry game anymore. Michigan hasn't beaten Ohio State since 2011. You could say the same thing for LSU versus Bama. LSU hasn't beaten Bama since 2011 either. So I don't understand how those are still considered rivalry games. In a rivalry, someone has to win every other year. You know, it can't just be 
eight straight seasons of beatdowns. That's not a rivalry to me. That's just an annual ass whooping is what that is. The only one up there with the Red River rivalry to me is the Iron Bowl, and, and I'll give them that. Whether you think it's better or not, that's your opinion. So far this season, OU's look nothing short of dominant in their wins versus Houston and South Dakota and UCLA and Texas Tech and Kansas. They've looked dominant, as they should. Houston's so bad, the quarterback took advantage of the redshirt rule, <laughs> played four games, and has now decided to sit out the rest of the year so he can transfer after the season is over. South Dakota, come on. UCLA has one win. They've looked bad under Chip Kelly, and I'm being nice when I say that. Texas Tech and Kansas, I mean, stop, y'all. Stop it. <laughs> come on, man. They haven't played anybody. At least Texas has played LSU, Oklahoma State, and went on the road and beat West Virginia in a hostile environment. OU's offense is fun to watch. I'll admit that. Lincoln Riley is one of the best play callers, if not the best play caller in college football. And Jalen Hurts has come in and been sensational. He's putting up video game numbers every week. He's got 1,500 passing yards, 16 touchdowns to just two interceptions. And he also leads the team in rushing with over 400 yards and four touchdowns. A lot of people are saying he may win the Heisman and give OU three straight, give him that hat trick. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Three straight Heisman winners. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of season left, so we'll see what happens. OU has two good running backs. They have a great receiving core led by C.D. Lamb, who may be the second or third best receiver eligible for next year's draft. They got a lot of firepower on offense. The offense is elite. However, that defense, that's what I don't hear anyone talking about. I never hear anyone talking about that defense. And they've gotten better on the new D coordinator from, from Washington State. But they'll get tested on Saturday. Believe that. Jalen Hurts isn't the only quarterback in this game that's receiving Heisman hype. Sam Ellinger for Texas has balled out this season. I know a lot of people probably rolled their eyes again because they hear me talking about Texas. But come on, just show some respect. He's thrown for almost 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns to just two interceptions, three rushing touchdowns along with that. Like Hurts, he's shown tremendous improvement throwing the ball. Texas also has a receiver in Colin Johnson that may be a first-round receiver next year. Our receiving core is pretty good. Devin DuVernay is second or third in the country in receptions right now. He's having a breakout season. And Colin Johnson returns Saturday. He's coming back from a, a sore hamstring, a pulled hamstring, whatever you want to call it. He's been out the past three games, but I knew he wouldn't miss this game. Hopefully he's at 100%. We'll see. The Texas defense is pretty young, starting seven sophomores but they're really talented as well. Lost a, a starting safety, Caden Stearns, a few weeks ago, had a knee injury. He was a freshman All-American last year, but luckily that's a position where Texas has plenty of depth. Guys have stepped in and stepped up. Uh, lost the best cover corner in Jalen Green. He was also a sophomore, but replaced him with another sophomore, and you know how it goes, next man up. And that's what I like to see. So I'm impressed with what Texas has been doing. I'm also impressed with what OU has been doing. I think Saturday is gonna be a great game. Hoping my horns come out on top. It's the best rivalry game in college football, like I said. There's just, to me, there's nothing that compares. And I guess it's more of the atmosphere. All those other games that I mentioned, it's a home-and-home home series each year. But this one, like, it's, it's at the Cotton Bowl, two and a half hours from Austin, three hours from Norman. It's a true neutral site. And then you look at the crowd, and you'll see half the stadium is burnt orange, half the stadium is whatever that ugly fake crimson color is. I don't know. But, I mean, it, and it splits right at the 50-yard line. It's not, you know, Texas behind their bench and OU behind their bench. No, it's half and half all the way around. The atmosphere is just crazy to me, man. And outside of that, you got the State Fair going on. 
just a crazy atmosphere. I think it's going to be a great game. Hook them. Got a few other great college games this weekend, too. USC going to visit Notre Dame. The only thing that comes to mind when I think about that game, yeah, it's a good rivalry, but the main thing that comes to mind is, uh, anybody remember the year Reggie Bush and them lost the championship to Texas? Remember how they got there? Remember that crucial game against Notre Dame where they drove down with about five seconds left and they Matt, Matt Leinert ran a quarterback sneak and got stuffed at first, but then Reggie Bush came and pushed them on in the end zone and USC ends up winning the game. Great game. I don't know that the rivalry is anything like it used to be because you know, Notre Dame is, they're a top team, but USC has kind of fallen off over the past couple of years. Well, we'll see. Got Bama going to A&M. Looks like a trap game for Bama, but A&M just hasn't looked that good to me on offense this year. I, I'm a big Kellen Mond fan, but they just don't look like they're clicking so far. So I expect Bama to go in there and take care of business, whether it's by, you know, seven points or by 30 points. I expect Bama to be Bama. Got Penn State traveling to Iowa. It'll probably be a 13 to 10 game if Iowa can actually score 10 points because <laughs> they haven't looked good on offense this year either. And Penn State is a top 10 team. How they jump Texas in the polls, I have no idea. But looking forward to that one too. That's the one I probably would just flip back and forth to. Probably not going to watch that whole game. I don't really like low scoring games like that. We're just, you know, with an anemic offense. It's hard for me to watch, but I'll, I'll tune in a little bit. The game of the night is Florida versus LSU. The Gators are traveling to Death Valley in a top 10 matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. College game day chose to go to that game over the Texas OU game, and that to me is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. But it's cool. It's cool. I'm not mad. Just a little angry. <laughs> That'll be a good game, too. I'll definitely be tuned in to all of them over the weekend. Y'all should do the same. Hopefully the next time I talk to y'all, I'm happy and got a big smile on my face because my Longhorns went into Dallas and took care of business. But we'll see. We will see. Let's switch gears here and jump over to the NFL. I got to say this. I owe somebody an apology. Christian McCaffrey. Before the season started, I released my top five running backs. I had Saquon at one, Zeke at two, then Todd Gurley. Le'Veon at four, and Alvin Kamara at five. I had Christian McCaffrey at six. Well, Saquon has been out the past few games nursing that ankle injury. Zeke has been doing all right, but we haven't seen him take over a game like we've seen in the past. It's clear that the Rams are being cautious with Todd Gurley right now because last year we saw at the end of the year his knees kind of went a little bad. And, uh, if you know his history, he has arthritis in both knees. So they're, they're being cautious with him right now, but I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll see him start getting more and more touches. Le'Veon plays on a Jets team that's been led by a third-string quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, he just hasn't been doing too much, hasn't really been able to do too much when the entire defense can just key on him. And a third-string quarterback is pretty limited. He gets Sam Darnold back on Sunday, though, so we'll see how the rest of his season goes. Kamara's had his flashes, but, I mean, he's missing Drew Brees, and, you know, it's kind of taking a, an effect on his performance just a little bit. Not too much, but you can kind of see it. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in rushing yards, and he leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage with 173 a game. By the way, he's done it the last three games without Cam Newton. Teams don't even have to game plan to stop Cam anymore. They're game planning to stop Christian McCaffrey. They don't have a true number one receiver. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, neither of them has really stepped up yet. Nobody's really worried about Greg Olson at tight end. The O-line is good. And, and then you got Kyle Allen at quarterback. So 
every defensive coordinator that they're facing each week is game planning for Christian McCaffrey. They are game planning to stop him. Not only is he killing them from just running the ball, he's killing defenses from screen passes, catching the ball out of the backfield. They're even lining him up out wide at receiver and he's getting mismatches and taking advantage of it. He's doing it every way possible and nobody can stop him. And I love seeing it. I've been a Christian McCaffrey fan since his Stanford days when everybody kind of thought he would be a fluke once he got to the NFL. Well, he's proven everybody wrong. Well, he's proven most people wrong. I'll say that. And that's my bad to Christian McCaffrey. He should definitely be in my top five. Because right now, if we're being honest, he's the number one running back in the NFL. Hats off to him, man. He's balling right now. You know who else is balling? Russell Wilson. It is crazy to me that he's somehow underrated. He just really doesn't get any love, but he's starting to get the love now. He's first in the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's first in passer rating, second in completion percentage. He's thrown zero interceptions this year, and his team is 4-1. and one. Russell's balling right now, y'all. Start paying attention. The Seahawks are looking good. I picked them to win that division before the season started. I don't know. I know we're only five games in, but hey, I don't want to toot my own horn, but you know. <laughs> but, you know, sports are fluid, so we'll see, it. we'll see if things continue or if they change. But right now, Russell Wilson is the lead candidate for MVP to me. Some of y'all say Patrick Mahomes. I, I love Patrick Mahomes, but Russell is doing it right now. You know who hasn't been doing that well? Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm going to give y'all some stats. Pay attention. Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback in the NFL is 8-10. and 10. He's got 31 touchdowns to 22 interceptions. Now listen to this. Two of those wins came last year against the Bengals, who had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Seven of those touchdowns were also against the Bengals. So if you take those two games away, Baker is 6-10 as a starter, with 24 touchdowns to 22 interceptions. Somebody asked me if Baker is overrated? Take that stat and do with it what you will, you know? Me personally, I, I haven't made that decision yet. It's still early in his career, and there's a lot of things going on in Cleveland. That O-line is terrible. Freddie Kitchens, the head coach, it looks like he's just trying way too hard to get Odell Beckham the ball, and it's just not flowing. Nothing's going right right now for them. They're 2-3 and three right now, so the division is still in reach. The Ravens are sitting at 3-2. and two. They're one game behind them. I think the Browns could still come and get them, but they just need to figure it out, and they got to figure it out soon. It's hard watching them with all that talent and just only seeing them do well against the Jets. Then you see them beat the Rams, and you're like, okay, maybe they're figuring it out. And now now this, the 49ers just cleaned them up on Monday Night Football. And I mean, they killed them on offense. They killed the defense. The Browns, just as a team, didn't look right. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out because the media is just going to keep pouring it on until they do. Last team I want to talk about is the same team I've talked about on every podcast, on every single episode, the Dallas Cowboys. I've been telling y'all I believe in them this year. I got a feeling about the Cowboys this year. I just see it. I, I got this feeling, man. I know something's good going to happen for them. This will probably be the first time in a long time that the Cowboys are going to live up to the hype. Started out 3-0. I'm on here defending them, defending their fans, and telling y'all to let their fans have a good time. Get off their fans. And now the Cowboys just making me look like, a, like I was wrong all along. Now they've dropped two straight to the Saints and the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers didn't even have to do much. It was Aaron Jones that killed him. He had four rushing touchdowns. And so, of course, you know, you got people already shouting, 
Fire Jason Garrett, get rid of Jason Garrett. It's too soon for all that. Cowboys are three and two, so y'all just relax. If you remember last year, they started out three and five and ended up making the playoffs. So just let's see where it goes. But right now, I don't know, man. You gotta, if you wanna make the change and have people stop saying they're still the same old Cowboys, they'll still choke or they'll still, they'll still shoot themselves in the foot at some point then these are the games you got to win. You got to beat the Saints like you did last year when, when you started turning things around. You got to beat the Packers at home. I know Aaron Rodgers loves playing in Dallas, and Dallas is like a second home to him. He's 5-0 and there over the past, I don't know, four or five years, something like that. But come on, man. Come on, Dallas. I need y'all to step up. Y'all making me look bad right now. The good news for Dallas is they have the Jets on Sunday. I expect them to get this W on Sunday. Yeah, Sam Darnold's back, but come on. It's still the Jets. Take care of business. Do that for me. And then you got the Eagles next week, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. So they got to get back on track, and they got to do it this week. Go into next week's game with your head held high, and let's see what happens. Also, I'm going to have Philly Ray on here next week to talk to y'all about his beloved Eagles. He will be back. I'm sure it's going to be pretty entertaining. He's We text every week when the Eagles or the Cowboys are playing. I don't know. I think he... Confuses me for a Cowboys fan now. Now, I ain't going to lie. I support them. But I'm still a Patriots fan. I don't have time to talk to y'all about them today. But I'm sure we'll get to them. Next week, we're going to talk a little NBA, too. The season's almost here. And my Lakers are getting ready to put on a show and shock the world. Y'all going to see. They've been disrespecting LeBron for too long now. And I'm getting I'm getting tired of it. And I know he is, too. The King is about to make his return. But thank y'all for tuning in to the I May Be Wrong podcast. Like I said, check us out next week. We'll be talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys. And also, I'm going to talk to y'all about my Lakers. I may be wrong, but I doubt it.